Good morning. How are we, church? And everyone at City Campus, hello. I've been told to say a specific hello to Pastor Kenny there this morning. I love you, my brother. Um, and to all those viewing it online, this, uh, what a great initiative, Digital Missionaries. That's awesome. I love it. Um, for those of you that I have not had the privilege to meet, my name is Amit Kaira, and I am working with the amazing Ministry of Compassion Australia. Um, my wife and I, we share four beautiful children. Uh, I think there's a photo of them there. Look at them. Oh, they're amazing. So we've got two boys and two girls. Yeah, you can give them a hand. Um, my wife and I have been together for 31 years. Um, yeah, she's a very patient woman. Now, some of you are looking at me, you're looking at that photo, and you're trying to do the math. You're like, 31 years. But Ahmed, you look so young. What is the secret? So here's a freebie for you this morning, folks. Here's the secret. Are you ready? You've got to become one with your food. Do not use silver and put it in your mouth. God gave you cutlery right here. This is how it works. Become one with your food. It makes all the difference. That one was for free. That one was for free. No, to be clear, um, my wife and I, um, since from the age of 10, we've been together. Um, and we haven't been married for 31 years. That would be illegal. Um, but we got married on the 27th of December, 2004. And this is a life that we share. But you haven't come here this morning to hear a romantic story. We're going to get into the word. That's what we're here to do and the freedom that we have to do that. So why don't we open up in a word of prayer and then we'll get stuck into this together today. Father, we want to first and foremost thank you for who you are and all that you have done and all that you continue to do. Uh, we are united uh, physically in this space here right now uh, with our brothers and sisters over at City Campus and all those people joining in online because your kingdom knows no boundaries. And it is you, Holy Spirit, that unites us and it is you that makes us family. And so we are engaged in this space together today as one. And Father, we want to take a moment right now just to remind ourselves of those brothers and sisters of ours who don't have the freedom to gather like this with the very thought of doing something like this, it may mean that their life would be on the line. So Lord, we don't want to take uh, this moment, this morning that we have for granted. And we ask, Holy Spirit, that you would be ministering to our brothers and sisters around the world right now, that they would know that they are loved, that they are known, and that they are being thought of. And Father, I ask that you would stir us in such a way that the boldness and the courage that they have would also become our testimony. Father, as our friends here at Faith Community begin to engage in this digital mission field, that that boldness and courage would become evident even in those Zoom calls. That we would see your name lifted up and that people who don't know you and have no hope, that their lives would be transformed because they meet you, the risen Jesus. So Father, use us today, stir us in a new way, draw us closer to your heart and help us to see and hear like we've never heard and seen before. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 All right, folks, are you ready? So here's the hope this morning. I'm wanting to go through and very, very briefly unpack 
uh, a little bit of this Jonah series that you've been working through. Um, I have been able to pick up on a bit of a common theme as I've been following along over the last four weeks. I don't want to presume that what I'm about to share with you is this common theme, is what was planned as this common theme, but it's something that's been stirring in me as I have been journeying with you over this past month. And I also want to bring with you, uh, to you an update about the Ministry of Compassion. So for those of you who don't know about compassion, um, this is what you need to take away with you this morning. These three things. The first thing is this. Compassion is Christ-centered. So we believe that it is the death, the resurrection, and the ascension of Jesus that not only unites us as family with anyone who proclaims his name across the globe, but it's actually that very thing, the death, the resurrection, and the ascension of Jesus that breaks poverty in a child's life. That is the only hope that we have. It is not a thing, it is a person, and his name is Jesus, because Jesus is greater than poverty. And so that's what we are about as a ministry, releasing children from poverty in Jesus' name. And the second thing that we are is that we are child-focused. So we believe that every single child should be known by name, loved, cared for, and have the opportunity to be discipled. I've got a brother of mine who plants uh, Christ-focused schools in developing countries, and he's been doing this work for close to, I think it's about 80 years with the team that he's a part of. When I asked him what it is that stirs him to keep going, this is what he said to me. The way that you shape the children of a nation shapes the future of a nation. And so the work that we do in Compassion about discipling these children in hope and in truth in Christ is we want to see the future of these nations shaped by the power of the cross. And you know what, it's not just for, for example, this morning we've brought kids from the Philippines, that's where Faith Community Church focuses its partnership. This is not just what we want for the Philippines, folks. I want this for Perth. I want this for our nation. The only hope that we have is Jesus. And the third thing that we are is that we are church-based. So the way that compassion works, we don't We don't send teams across to go and do some work and then leave again. Compassion partners through local churches like this on the ground in the communities, the ones that are already there, the ones that are already living out the gospel, the ones that call those places their home. And so this looks like partnership in over 27 countries with over 8,000 different Bible-believing churches. That's how Compassion does its work. We are Christ-centered, child-focused and church-based. So on behalf of the currently 335 children that are being released from poverty in Jesus' name because of Faith Community Church, I am here this morning to say thank you to you all. 335 kids that get to hear the gospel. That is amazing. And not only that, I also want to thank you for taking the time to build relationship with these kids. Now, over the past year, that has meant over 800 letters going backwards and forwards between sponsors and sponsored children. And that's phenomenal. That is phenomenal. Now, I have loved following along in this past month, uh, working through the book of Jonah with you and listening to these teachings. And so I talked about this particular theme that I have been picking up on over these last four weeks. 
Now, again, I don't know if this is what was planned, but this is what has been stirring in me. And I would summarize it in a single word. And if we were to take this single word seriously, I honestly believe that the repercussions will be rippled throughout all of eternity in a positive way. And here is the word, folks. This morning, I want to focus on this word of awaken. Can you say that with me? Say it like you mean it. You've got to be awake to this. You've got to be awake to this. And let me share with you what it is that I mean uh, by this. In the first week, Pastor Benny challenged us to break out of our spiritual lethargy and to focus on the purposes of his kingdom. That was week one in the series. That's what I took away from that message. And so when I hear that phrase, purposes of his kingdom, what are we talking about? And so here is my conviction, brothers and sisters. The purpose of his kingdom is to see all of heaven and earth united in him, to him, and through him. That's what the purpose of the kingdom is all about, that everyone would know about the risen Jesus and our hope that we can have in him. That is what it's all about because Jesus is God's righteousness revealed. Jesus is the way for restoration and transformation. Jesus is the way. Jesus is the truth. Jesus is the life. When the church is awakened to her lethargy and begins to focus on the purposes of his kingdom, folks, everything changes. Do you believe that? In the second week, Pastor Benny shared with us uh, that the key to fulfilling God's calling on your life is not commitment, but surrender. Man, when he dropped that line, that hit me so hard. And this is why it hit me so hard, and I think these were his exact words. When the church is awakened to the surrendered life, here's what shifts. We stop focusing on what we want, and begin to focus on what God wants. And when that happens, folks, everything changes. Do you believe that? Everything changes. In the third week, Pastor Benny shared that uh, the key forward is that repentance must begin in the house of God. Repentance must begin in the house of God. You see, repentance precedes forgiveness. And forgiveness precedes transformation. But do you know what it is that precedes repentance? It's humility. And we saw this humility uh, throughout the book of Jonah, did we not? Did we not see the humility of the sailors when Jonah was on the boat with them? Did we not see the humility of the people of Nineveh when Jonah was going through sharing his elaborate message? Yes, all five words. And the way that the people responded to him, was there not humility that we saw? And what about the ruler of that region when the words of the prophet were brought into his courts and the response of the ruler? Did we not see humility in that example? Folks, it is humility that precedes repentance. So when the church is awakened to our need to humble ourselves 
to repent, to pray, and to turn from our wicked ways, then everything changes. Folks, do you believe that this morning? And then last week, we had Pastor Amos reminding us that more than the words we speak, how we love one another is a testimony, it's a declaration, it's a picture of God's love for the entire world. How we love one another. And it's really important to understand that when Jesus himself shared those words, to love one another, what was happening in Scripture in that moment? We see there that you have Judas who is about to betray Jesus. And Jesus calls it out. And then following on after that, you've got Peter who's called out as the one who's going to deny Jesus three times over. So you've got a dear close brother, someone in that sacred group of 12 who's going to betray Jesus. Then you've got another of the brothers who's about to deny Jesus. And in amongst the betrayal and the denial, what does Jesus say? Oi, focus, love one another. And that is how others will know that you are my disciples. He said that knowing about the betrayal and the denial, folks. So when the command is given to you and I to love one another, it's not just about loving the people who are like us. It's not just about loving the people who we get along with. It's about even loving those who we know will betray and deny us. And I honestly believe, church, when, when we are awakened to this need to truly, truly love one another, everything changes. Do you believe that this morning? So as I've been preparing over these last month, working through all of this just as you have, this word of, what's the word again? Awaken. 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 This word has been ringing so loudly in my spirit. I'm asking the Father, what is it you're wanting to show me through this? And he reminded me of one of my favorite passages of Scripture. I'm going to read the whole chunk of it to you this morning. Ephesians chapter 1. Buckle up, folks. There's three and a half minutes of gold coming your way. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love he predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ according to the purpose of of his will to the praise of his glorious grace with which he has blessed us in the beloved. Verse 7. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon all of us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will, according to his purpose which he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time. Here it is, folks. To unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. Verse 11. In him we have obtained an inheritance 
having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will, so that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of his glory. In him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation and believed in him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. Verse 15. For this reason, because I've heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love toward all the saints, I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him, having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you, what are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe, according to the working of his great might, that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. And he put all things under his feet and gave him his head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. Paul, why such a long sentence? It's beautiful. Folks, there is so much gold in Ephesians 1. I don't have the time to unpack it all, but there are five things that I want to draw to your attention this morning. Are you ready? The first one is this. In verses 4 to 7, we see the Apostle Paul using Old Testament language that was originally associated with the nation of Israel, now to use to describe our standing before God. So the language that was used was initially for God's chosen people, and Paul is helping us to understand now, we are all God's chosen people. We are all God's chosen people because of what Jesus has done. And this is the words that he uses, holy blameless, chosen, predestined, adopted, redeemed, inheritance, forgiven, family, awake to this. All of that is possible because of Jesus. That is our truth. That is our standing before God the Father. We are no longer strangers. We are sons and daughters. The language used for the chosen people of Israel is now used for us. Do you get that? That is a profound truth, folks. When you actually understand that our standing before the risen Jesus and before God the Creator and the power of the Holy Spirit is that we are family. You talk about this holy trinity of Father, Son and Holy Spirit. I've got a dear brother of mine who uses this sort of language. He says, you know what? It's like the perfect storm and because of Jesus, we're thrown right in the middle of it. That is a profound truth. It means that no matter what it is you are facing in your life, the storm, 
What is surrounding you is Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. They say that the, the, the best place to be in a storm is in the eye of the storm. Everything just seems still, right? So in the storm that whirls around your life, know this. When God calls you to sit right in the center of his palm, it's in the eye of the storm where he's holding it all and surrounding you, that whirlwind is just Father, Son and Holy Spirit. Uh, two and a half years ago, I was diagnosed with cancer. And I've been through surgery and I've been through chemo. We've been through that whole journey. And at the moment, I'm only living six months at a time. And I need to tell you folks, the truth of Ephesians 1 for me and my family, I can't begin to tell you how much you need to awaken to this truth for yourselves. I don't care what it is you are going through in your life. The fact is this, the Father, Son and Holy Spirit surround you. All of these kids on these chairs scattered throughout this auditorium here, all living in horrible worlds of poverty. The truth is this, Father, Son and Holy Spirit surrounds you. I was sitting next to Matt Matt on that little chair. What a name, Matt Matt, Matt Matt. The Holy Spirit surrounds you. You are not alone. Folks, no matter what you are going through, you are not alone. The Holy Spirit is a whirlwind surrounding. He's calling you into the eye of the storm where it's actually filled with peace. A peace that passes all understanding. It's there for you. Folks, awaken to this, please. Awaken to this. Verse 13. The seal in Greek culture, it authenticated something. And we're told here in verse 13 that we are sealed with the promised Holy Spirit. So how would the uh, original hearers would have understood this seal? You see, the seal was often used to, um, to show authority, authenticity, and also accountability. That's what the seal was used. When you saw the seal, you know who it came from, who put the contents inside, what was sealed, and who it was meant to be delivered to. Very, very clear. No questions could be asked. In regards to our eternal standing before God the Father, this is what Ephesians 1 tells us that there is the promised seal, which is the Holy Spirit, that is placed on your heart. It is placed on your soul. It is placed on your body. It is placed on you. And that seal shows an authenticity. It shows an authority. And it shows an accountability. The authenticity is this. Jesus died for you. That's the authenticity. It's nothing that you have done for yourself. You've just received the gift of life and that seal is placed on you. You know what the accountability is? Is that no one can take that away. No one can take that away. And you know what the authority is? The power that raised Jesus from the dead is a power that's given to you and I. We get to walk with that guide called the Holy Spirit every single day. Can you imagine what that would mean for the church if we are awakened to this? Can you imagine? I don't want to just imagine it. I want to live that. I want to live it. The seal is on you and I. Verse 17, third point. The Father of glory may give you a spirit of wisdom and of revelation in knowledge of him. God knows you and he wants to be known by you. God knows you and he wants to be known by you. God knows you and he wants to be known by you. 
the God who spoke the world into being. Folks, do you get that? He knows you and he wants to be known by you. There is so much that will remain a mystery because of our limited state. But the truth is this. God knows you and wants to be known by you. Folks, when we are awakened to this reality, everything changes. Everything changes. We get to have a relationship with God the Creator. Verse 18, point number four. Having the eyes of your heart opened, it's an interesting metaphor or analogy or statement made there. The eyes of your heart opened. Metaphors and analogies used in the day, usually referring to vision, uh, speak of insight into something. But when they use the, the analogy or the metaphor or the phrase of the heart, it usually speaks to that which is the center of your being or your core. So verse 18, having the eyes of your heart opened, it's having the core of your being illuminated. It's so that who you truly are can actually finally see the reality of what's going on. And it is this, the core of your being is working in step with the risen Saviour by the power of the Holy Spirit. Folks, that is who we are as disciples of Jesus. That's what we're called to be, a people who are walking in step with the Father by the power of the Holy Spirit. And we get to have the eyes of our heart illuminated to this truth. And finally, verse 19. The immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe. The immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe. The immeasurable greatness of his power. What I believe Paul is referring to there, the immeasurable greatness of his power is that which has the power to raise Jesus from the dead. It's the Holy Spirit. For those of us who believe, family, please awake to this truth. For those of us who believe, the Holy Spirit is there for you and I to be our comforter and to be our guide. We are not alone. That which raised Jesus from the dead is to be walking step by step with us. How can we walk over like this, thinking we've got so much to be ashamed of, and the world is against us and everything's so difficult. All these uh, cultural conversations that are going on are so opposed to the truth of the gospel and everyone just hates us because we're so old-fashioned. And what, what posture is this that raises Jesus from the dead? What, what is that? It's not the truth of what Paul's saying in Ephesians 1. Let me paraphrase if I can. Right, this is not an authentic paraphrase, but just hear me out. Paul is saying to you this morning, brothers and sisters, shoulders back, Chest out, chin up, Jesus loves you. Walk with boldness and courage. Don't be arrogant, don't be prideful, don't be boastful. The reason you can stand up straight and walk confidently, it's got nothing to do with yourself. It's all a gift. But walk with boldness and purpose into every area that you move. Whether it's your school, whether it's your home, whether it's your local sports club, whether it's your university campus, whether it is your workplace, whether it is walking your dog along your block. I don't care where it is that you go and what it is that you do. Walk with purpose. Amen. 
Awaken to this reality that every step that you take, you are taking the Holy Spirit with you. As we walk throughout our city, we are flooding our city with the hope of the gospel just by being present because we are meant to be Jesus with skin on. That's what we're meant to be. And I'll tell you what, folks, when we awaken to the reality of that, everything changes. Everything changes. So these truths that I've been sharing with you, it's not just for us here this morning, not for those at City Campus, not for those online that are joining in. It's for everyone. It's for everyone. It's for the rich and for the poor. It's for the political leaders and for the drug dealers. It's for the singles and for the couples. It's for those who don't know their way or for those who have lost their way. All of this is for them. It's for us. It's for everybody. The power which raised Christ from the dead is our God. So no matter where it is you are listening in from right now, I want to declare this truth. So often there is a grip of poverty on our hearts, our minds and our souls that holds us back. Poverty is not just a lack of finances, folks. Mother Teresa was the one that actually argued this, that wealth is the greatest form of poverty. I would love to have that conversation with you some other time. There is so much truth to what she had to share. But we don't awaken to these truths that have been declared to us through Ephesians 1 and and we walk around like broken people. But the truth actually breaks those chains and sets us completely free. There is a hope that is greater than poverty and his name is Jesus. You've been challenged afresh over this past month on your need and our need to focus on the purposes of his kingdom. So church, here is a challenge for you this morning. Will your life declare to those who are watching and listening that there is a hope that is greater than all poverty in the world and that his name is Jesus? Will your actions and your speech declare that truth today? Let me share with you the testimony of my sister Michelle. I think I've got a photo of her on the screen here. Uh, our sister Michelle, when she was younger, she had her parents give this motivational speech. to I don't know about you, but I've got four kids. I try to give those, you know, father motivational speeches quite often. But the one that she received when she was younger was this. You're ugly. You're worthless. You're just going to be a street worker and a drug addict just like mum and I. That, that's the message that she was given. That's the narrative that was spoken over her life day in and day out, all the time. Praise God that she was sponsored and introduced to her local church where she got to meet Jesus and have a different narrative spoken over her life. So our sister, Michelle, our beautiful sister, Michelle, she does many things now in light of who she has met, that is the risen Jesus. One of the things that she does is she serves the local people in her community to see them actually no longer live a life that is drug addicted and working on the street focused. And she has seen over 115 young women released from that work. Praise God indeed. Not only that, she gets the the children of local pastors in her area to share stories of Bible and scriptures online and through a radio show and she gets a huge number of listeners to this show on a very regular basis. I'm not going to stand here before you and say all of this is possible because she was sponsored and became a compassion child. That was only a small part of the story. 
this transformation that we see in our sister Michelle's life happened because she met the risen Jesus. And she knew that she could walk with the power of the Holy Spirit, forcing her to have her shoulders back and her chest out and her chin up every single day. And her world completely changed. And we want to see that testimony, not just for more people in the Philippines today, but also here in our own backyard. So why the Philippines? You'll see some stats on the screen behind me around the Philippines, but let me share this story with you. In June of 2020, I had the privilege of spending some time with our brother, Noel Pabiona, who is the country director for the Philippines for Compassion. And he was sharing with me, with his onset of the COVID pandemic, some of the tragedies that were taking place in community. One of those tragedies, he was talking about this thing called OSEC, which is uh, the online sexual exploitation of children. And he was saying as a result of COVID hitting their community, now three months in at that stage, uh, OSEC had more than tripled in his region. And I'm sitting there, my jaw hit the table, and I'm just gobsmacked. Like, what the heck? Brother, why is this happening? Why? And this is how we answered my why question. Um, in the Philippines, we don't have savings. We don't have government assistance. If the church doesn't do what the church is meant to do, we actually have no hope. <laughs> and so because there's no savings, there's no marketplaces that are open, all the tourists are not coming, everything's shut down. Here's what it means. Families are faced with two decisions. Choice number one, starve. Or option number two, there's some people that are come knocking on our doors and they're saying they've got work for our children to do. They just have to follow some instructions on a screen, but we can get paid, which means we can eat. Folks, there is no option number three. Just that one and two. Starve or kids, go to work. So I'm sitting there knowing about my 14-year-old, my 12-year-old, my 10-year-old, my 7-year-old, If I don't want that for my family, why should that be right for any other family? These brothers and sisters of ours are only a few hours away by a plane ride, folks. It's not right. We, we can't sit here comfortable on a Sunday morning and just let that slide. These kids that are scattered throughout the auditorium here, the ones that are in the foyer era, they should not have to be exploited in this way. They should not have to face the decision of, well, I want mum and dad to eat and not be so upset, so I've got to go to work. No! That's not right. And so if we have a chance to do something about it, then it's time for us to put our shoulders back, our chin up and our chest out and walk boldly into that place and declare for them no more. There is a hope that we have in Jesus that is greater than the poverty you are experiencing and we will stand with you in this. That's what we need to do. Um, I'm going to skip for the sake of time uh, an update video from our brothers and sisters in the Philippines and I want to close in this way. If you want to have a look at that video, come and see one of the team afterwards, send your email address through, we'll send it through to you. It's a couple of minutes, gives you a great snapshot of what's happening in the country right now. But folks, on behalf of all these children and the Ministry of Compassion that I'm here to represent this morning, I've got three things that I want to leave you with. And the first one is this. If you don't currently sponsor a child, this morning would you consider doing that? Would you consider um, starting a different narrative to get spoken over their life? 
For those of you who currently sponsor a child, is there room at your table for more? $48 a month. And it changes a life. It changes a life. Stand with the local church. See the hope of the gospel proclaimed. Get a different narrative written for these children and spoken in love over their lives. Would you stand with us to do that this morning? Would you stand with me and do that today? The second way that you can participate in partnering with Compassion is this. Now more than just the children that are sponsored, because we work through local churches who are in these communities, there are many different projects that are brought to our attention that would help not just the children in great need and their families, but the wider community. And these projects cost anywhere from several hundred dollars to several hundred thousand dollars. We find a lot of different businesses and organisations love to partner with Compassion in this way. If you would like to partner with an entire community in some way, come and speak to us in the foyer after the service. I'd love to be able to point you in Robin's direction. One of my brothers is here and he can share with you more information about that. And the third way is this. We can only do what we do because we have an army of volunteers with us. And there's a bunch of you here from Faith Community Church that have volunteered your time this morning to stand with us to serve these children. If you have got the time or the energy or the desire to volunteer with compassion and stand with us in this way, come and speak to us after the service. We'd love to be able to partner with you. Now to sponsor a child, it's super simple. You've got a child that's nearby and on the back there's a QR code. Scan that code, follow the instructions and it's done. If you'd like to come and speak to us in the foyer, come and have a chat with us. There's also another table out there that outlines all the different mission partners that Faith Community Church has. Hear me please as your brother. Whether you partner with Compassion or you partner with another organisation that's here with this church, praise the Lord. But I believe this strongly. There is not an option to do nothing. That, folks, cannot be an option. You can't do nothing because there is a world in pain out there. The only hope that we have is Jesus. And if we know it, we can't stay silent about it. So if it's with compassion, yes and amen. If it's in one of the other organisations with this church, yes and amen. It doesn't matter. But don't do nothing, please. Awakened to the truth that we've been hearing about for this past month. There's a short video that I want to play from our brother, Noel, that he had put together specifically for you, and then I'm going to close in prayer. So just cast your eyes to the screen.
so good. I'm going to ask you to do something with me. Can I get you to grab one of those child profiles that's near you and I want you to stand holding that child and we're going to pray for all of these children this morning and we're going to pray for each other as a community who are going to be out on mission declaring this truth with our shoulders back, our chin up and our chest out. If you're able to stand, join us. If you aren't able to stand, just sit there in confidence. Just hold that child and let's pray and let's bring these children before the Lord. Father, we are, our hearts, we, we were just singing before that our hearts would be broken for that which breaks yours. And that everything that we do would be about your kingdom's cause, about your purpose. And we know from this morning and throughout the past few weeks that your purpose, your kingdom's purpose is to see all of heaven and earth united in Christ, through Christ, and to Christ. That is what you're about. That is the purpose of your kingdom. And it's not just for us here sitting in the Willetson campus. It's not just for those that are over at City Campus. It's not just for those that are sitting on their lounge rooms in their pajamas still watching this online. It's not just for us. It's also for these kids in the Philippines. It's also for those that are outside this building here in our suburbs. It's also for those that are throughout our city, throughout our nation, throughout this entire world. We're thinking of those in the Ukraine. We're thinking of those experiencing famine and war in Africa. We're thinking of those experiencing hardships in the slums of of Asia. We're thinking of those in the remote indigenous communities in our own nation. Father, there is needs everywhere. There's needs everywhere. There's no shortage of brokenness. There's no shortage of pain. There's no shortage of suffering. There's no shortage of hopelessness, but we know, we know, we know that because of Jesus who is risen, who has ascended to your right hand, and we know, we know that because of the power of the Holy Spirit that is there as a seal upon our souls, and we know, Father, we know because of what you've commanded us to do through your scripture that we can't just sit by and let this happen. We won't just sit by and let this happen. Father, these children, these young brothers and sisters of ours in the Philippines that we're holding on to right now, our hope is that they would not be exploited, but our hope is that they would be loved, cared for, and discipled. We pray for the families that they represent, that those mums and dads, those uncles and aunties, those grandparents would not feel ill-equipped to raise these children in the shape of the cross. We pray for our local church partners, those that our brother Noel leads throughout the Philippines and all across the world. Father, we pray that your church would be awakened to the truth that we have explored today and that forever everything will change. We pray for the perpetrators out there that are knocking on the doors wanting to take these kids. Holy Spirit, would you please convict them and break them of their sin? No more. May they have an encounter with the risen Jesus that changes their hearts and lives forever. Father, we need you. We don't want to be a people that recognises the pain and goes back looking for our comfort. Break us from our lethargy. Break us from our comfort. Break us from these distractions. Break us from our attachment to wealth. Break us from status. Break us from our desire for great reputations. Break us from our pride. Break us from our selfishness. 
Break us from our arrogance. Father, break us for what breaks you. Everything about us is meant to be for your kingdom's cause. May that be the testimony of my family here at Faith Community Church. May that be the testimony of all the families of ours across this city meeting this morning. We are one. We are one. And these children in the Philippines belong to us. We are their big brothers and sisters. We cannot stand by and let this go unattended. For all the pain that is in our own communities, we can't just stand by and ignore what happens behind closed doors. Break our hearts for what breaks yours. And Father, thank you. Thank you, thank you that you promised that you would not allow us to do this alone, that you were sending the comforter and the guide to be with us every step of the way. What may seem so overwhelming, you are just asking us to fix our eyes on you. Father, draw us closer to your heart. May your kingdom come and your will be done. In the name of the risen Jesus, we all pray.